Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Please Donate the Sage. Today we are talking about crystals and I have a very special guest on with me. I have my dear friend, someone that I actually trained in Reiki, who then went off on her own and started educating herself on all these crazy other avenues like animal Reiki and crystals and that's why she's the perfect person to have on for this episode. So she is one of my favorite people to receive energy healing from and to get crystal advice from. That's why we're going to have a conversation about that very topic today. So this is Kate Rizzo. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What a lovely intro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on because I feel like this is a topic that I know that you probably... I don't know that you necessarily know more about crystals than I do, but you relate to crystals more than I do. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm very anxious to see what kind of questions I can ask you. And hopefully the questions that I ask are also questions that the listeners want to know. But before we get into your vast knowledge, I feel like it's going to be easier for me to kind of tell everyone where I'm coming from with crystals myself, because I feel like our perspectives are similar, but slightly different. And then I'd love to hear how you like riff off of that. I have a very interesting relationship with crystals. I think I blame it on being a water sign with lots of air and like only like one earth sign in my charts that I'm not, I just don't gravitate towards rocks the way that (laughs) some other people might. Um, And I don't judge, I, I totally believe in them, but I find that my crystal appeal is, especially in recent years, more related to sort of like a a magpie. I like the look of them and I like it when they're functional. Like if I can take something that's a crystal that I can then wear on a necklace or use as a sex toy. (laughs) (laughs) Multi-purpose. I then am very much a fan. And then from the selection that I have at those available resources, I like to kind of educate myself on what the options are. But because of that, I usually have a limited scope of what I've read about or what I've utilized because, you know, obviously not every crystal in the world can be carved into a yoni egg and (laughs) not every crystal in the world is used to make a necklace. It's interesting because I just never feel that called to buy. I mean, I have a few, like I probably have maybe 10 crystals total, but most of them are just little like tumbled stones that I've gotten for free with purchases or things like that. And Mm. I only have a couple that I kind of just gravitate to as my go-tos. I also like having crystals in my water bottles, as we have seen, Mm. if anybody follows me on Instagram, (laughs) I've broken two (laughs) crystal infused water bottles and it is very sad. So if I can integrate them into my daily life, I think that that's really valuable. And obviously we can riff on that later. But as far as the crystals, as just having rocks around my home or even making crystal grids, I just never have enough crystals to do those things <laughs> because I just don't feel called to purchase them. And I know that you do a lot of that. So I would love to just have you start out with your relationship with crystals and how it started. And then we'll go from there with questions that I have and inquiries that come up. Yes, that sounds so good. It's funny. As soon as you said that, like where your relationship started, I haven't thought about this in so long, but it happened during a Reiki session with you where you felt called to put one of your crystals that you were like, I don't even know what this crystal is. I just felt drawn to put it on your third eye. And during the session, when I did feel that crystal on my third eye, it literally just felt like a pool of water sitting on my third eye, just like dripping down around my temples and like through my sinuses. And it was so cleansing and felt so good and grounding that when I came out of it, I was just like 
what is this crystal and take me to more. <laughs> and uh, so you had given me the description of it. Um, so I went on Amazon and just started like looking at what products are out there. Like with this crystal, I too was like, can I get it in a bracelet or a necklace? Um, and it was funny because I actually felt like I wanted to be in person before like I was going to purchase this, this crystal. So mm-hmm. I found a local crystal shop um, when I was living in Chicago and went there and my world was blown open. (laughs) They had (laughs) all the crystals, big geodes, the ones that like stand and are in different like shapes. They had tumbled rocks, raw ones, spheres, just a ton of different varieties within each crystal. And then also had grids set up around the store and jewelry and things like that. And so I spent like quite a bit of time there just like soaking up the vibes and asking the guys a lot of questions, purchasing some that I just felt called to that I just felt like they looked cool. I either liked the color or just liked the way they felt and then took them home. And then after the fact started researching, like what are these crystals that I just purchased? And sure shit. (laughs) They were like exactly what I needed, Um, which was another really cool way to just get into crystals was just by using my intuition, like which ones feel good, which ones resonate with me, choosing them from that space rather than like I need to be fixed. So give me these crystals. It was more of let me lean into the space of intuitive, just like drawing. Like I feel like I need these different aspects in my life or this vibration that I'm feeling from this crystal and then finding out later that it did correlate to things that I needed. And they say that that's actually how you're supposed to choose crystals too so it's so funny that that's just how you intuitively went about it yes it was and it was really fun too because then that just kind of was the tip of the iceberg and then from there I thought like okay well I just want to know more about crystal grids like what are the purpose of grids and can my different rocks be friends or do they need to be in separate spaces (laughs) Um, what's the answer to that question (laughs) Yes, and (laughs) there are some crystals that just do better together that have just properties that will help amplify the other properties of the crystals around them. So like in grids, certain types of crystals will just work better together. And I believe that it's also using your intuition. So if you're creating a grid to really just allow yourself to like put together pieces of crystals that that make sense. So I've done both. I've made grids that have crystals that do work really well together. And then I've had some that experts recommend that maybe these crystals don't work well together and I was like fuck it the way it looks so I'm gonna do it anyway and so and those grids worked just as well in my opinion as the ones that were set up more in like maybe you could call it like a professional way it's really how I lean into my crystals is a little education of like the science behind it and then a lot of intuition of just like what feels good Nice. I love that. Speaking of crystal grids, what is it? What are they? If you were to tell listeners that have no idea what a crystal grid is, like, how would you describe that? The word grid, sometimes I think they can generate images of like something etched in like wood or like a block or something. The grid itself can be as simple as a piece of paper with uh, a geometric design on it, or it could be something that as as detailed as like an etched piece of wood. I've also painted the geometry onto different pieces of cloths as well to make the grid. So the actual material can be very different from, from grid to grid. The actual design that's on the center is made from sacred geometry. So these are shapes that we find in everyday life. One that I was quite obsessed with last year that I was doing a lot was the Fibonacci spiral. It has just this 
beautiful ratio within it, a mathematical ratio that's found a lot throughout nature and also within our own like human bodies. Like when a fetus starts to develop, the actual cells take the shape of this mathematical equation. That's also what the the Greek buildings are built after. I could be wrong about that, but there's some ratio. That, that sounds like, great. Yeah the, yeah, the Greek worship temples were were all built on that same perfection. Yes, yes, it's so beautiful. Also, you can see this ratio in a pine cone, like how if you look like down on top of a pine cone, how the top starts as like the spiral and then it like opens up. So you can see it there. You can also see it uh, in the center of a sunflower is another cool space that it shows up. Also in the perfect image of the man. In the grid, what power does that symbol have? So in the grid, this one is good for, I I used it for focus and also for balance. So I made the grid for myself and then I also made one for my brother who's um, going through a second bachelor's degree in engineering. And so he's doing just a lot of like heavy studying, a lot of like physics and math and things like that. So I made this grid for him as a way for him to like connect to his studies in a very like balanced and focused way. So intention is always key for these grids. Some of them will support things in, in in strong ways. Like we could do a certain grid for like abundance. We could do a certain grid for balance, or I've even seen people do certain grids for like fertility. So there's definitely different grids that could support intentions in a specific way. And at the same time, I think that every grid, when it's created by its user, the intention that they set when they create it is going to be the most powerful way to use it. Another grid that I did a lot was the infinity grid. If you could see me make this this wave with my hand, <laughs> it's like <laughs> a figure eight on its side, the infinity symbol. I think there's a bigger name for it, but that one too is really good for abundance just in like the shape of itself. It's this really nice infinity, right? Like this never ending um, loop that we can, we can connect to. Lemniscent, there it is. It's called the mm-hmm. lemniscent. Uh, infinity grid. So yeah, we can definitely um, focus different types of grids for our intention. And that being said, your intention that you put into it is key. So you have the sacred geometry on the grid itself that that supports the intention that you're setting into it. And then the crystals further enhance that. So and as the crystals are just placed in specific areas on the grid, right? To help yeah, the energy. Okay. Exactly. It's, it's kind of interesting. There was actually a gentleman's blog that I had popped onto. His name's Ethan. And then the last name's Lazzarini. And he gives so many good resources, tools, tips. And the first grid that I ever made, I actually did from his direction. And one of the things that he said that I thought was so neat was that when you have this personal connection to something like a grid so you're sitting with it in like your meditation space you're not only putting your own vibration but also like your own thoughts into it like as I make this grid these are the things that that I want to manifest through it or that I want to come to fruition and then placing the crystals on it you're you're like placing a piece of yourself into the grid as well and then you do set the grid. So after your crystals are on the grid, you can use clear quartz crystal point to connect all of the crystals in a 
in a certain pattern, set your intention. And then it's like you're connected to this grid no matter where you go. Even when you leave your house, you're still connected to this grid and the vibrations of this grid. It works on you as a human to help you shift and maybe see different perspectives so that no matter where you go, this energy is coming with you. And that's what I think is so powerful about about these grids is that we we set them once, but their power transcends like time and space. Yeah, it's like a automatic giver of energy, the continuous, like when the balls, like continuous motion or something, I forget what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like that for right now. I, so I'm actually the most familiar, as you know, to with crystal grids based on what I learned and teach in my Reiki level three trainings. In that case, we learned to charge the crystals and use the Reiki mm-hmm. to charge up the grid. So how would like a normal for lack of a better word, lay person, like someone that hasn't mm-hmm. been attuned to Reiki energy, like what is it just that they're like setting the intention and like infusing that energy into the grid? Yeah, exactly. So I had worked with a woman so that she could create her own crystal grid last year. And so we talked about what her intentions were for the grid and then chose stones based on her intention. Top down, it was basically abundance, drawing more abundance into her life. And so we used the infinity or the luminescent spiral for her template and then I think we chose like quartz and amethyst and maybe jade so we put one bigger stone like right in the middle and then the other crystals along along the outside of the grid she had her crystal point so she connected all the crystals together within the spiral and then sat in meditation with the grid so I gave her a mantra to go along with the grid and then told her you know just set a timer sit and really connect with your grid and repeat your mantra for x amount of time and then you know as you come out of it and so it is and that's how I like always kind of ground my intention or whatever it is that I'm meditating on like as I come out of it and so it is and just little like almost like tagline that just makes me feel like cool now we can move forward so I gave that to her as like a process and then one of the things that we can also remember with grids is that once we stop noticing them in our homes, so we want them to be set up in a sacred place where they're not going to be like kicked as people walk by or the dog runs through. So making sure they have their own space. And then when you stop noticing it, that's generally a time where it either needs saged or resets, uh, meaning that you're, it's just kind of becoming like routine rather than more feeling like a ritual or something sacred. So it's time to either like sage it and clear the, the energy off of it or reset it. Then you're reconnecting the intention all over again and remembering Mm -hmm. why you did it in the first place yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and to like cleanse crystals and stuff too reiki is an awesome way like as I made grids for myself I turned on reiki energy and let that energy flow through so I felt like it was you know deeply embedded reiki is a great way to like clear crystals as well if they're like holding heavy energy or if they've been used a lot just to reset them and if you're not attuned to reiki sage is a really good way to cleanse and clear them as well as setting out your crystals or even charging them under the light of a full moon so you can definitely still cleanse and set and uh, recharge in a lot of different ways. Reiki is awesome. There's also other just like pieces from our earth, like sage comes from the earth, just having like the moon shining down on it as well. So there's other tools that we can use too to just connect to that like natural space of cleansing. Yeah. And I've also heard that sunlight and a pinch is a good cleanser too. So sometimes when I forget the full moon cleanse, I'm like, whatever, sunlight's fine. 
Totally. You know, I'm not clear on the sunlight thing <laughs> because there were a few crystals that I had in my sunlight that faded. And so I was like, oh. hmm, there must be a case like case basis. <laughs> what I've heard about sunlight is it's good for like limited amounts, not something just like you wouldn't want to put a plant in direct sunlight for a extended period of time and like not water. Like it's like the same thing with crystals or like even like a pet. <laughs> like you wouldn't want a pet in a hot sunny car. <laughs> like, totally. It's the same thing with crystals. Oh, they need a break from the sun sometimes too. So I like, I usually try to do it a little bit of time and then like move them out. Although I say that and then I just recently had yes. crystals set up on a windowsill as like part of my feng shui. And then yep. at some point, one of them fell off and broke. So clearly yep. I was not happy with that much <laughs> I know. I was like, you know, maybe I'll just let them be in like a safer space. Cause yeah. yeah, when they were in my window, we were Western facing and that sun just came in and beat them. Yeah. Everything in balance, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then that brings me to another point that I am aware of. So when crystals break, I've heard that it's because they, they serve their, their purpose in your life. Have you ever heard that? Yes, 100%. Crystals too with my uh, Reiki clients. So within sessions, sometimes we'll use them like along the chakra lines. And then sometimes there's periods where I'll actually put them in their palms as a way to ground them like in this world, because sometimes the energy can feel really intense. And so it's a good just reminder to bring yourself back down to this, this earth, earthly plane. So keeping some heavier crystals in my client's hand just to allow their energy to ground. And so sometimes after a session, if the crystal have really connected with them and I feel called to I'll, I'll have them take the crystals home with them and I've had that like clients email me or text me like I lost my crystal <laughs> I'm like good you didn't need it anymore it's going to somebody else and I also think it's a beautiful opportunity to practice non-attachment and yeah, just I agree yeah, it's like coming to us and through us and perhaps somebody else picks it up and they need it more than you did. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we talked about the crystal grid, which I feel like, first of all, listeners, crystal grids and the Reiki with it, I feel like we, I jumped it right into the advanced stuff just because that was what I was curious to talk about. <laughs> but let's step it back for like the people that aren't necessarily interested in taking the time to the crystal grid and they just want to dabble yeah. in crystals. So if you were to pick, I think we'll both answer this question. If you were to pick your top three crystals for like a beginning crystal newbie that wants to like sort of embrace it and kind of feel it out what were the what would be the top three that you would want for like sample pack oh this is such a fun question (laughs) (laughs) if you want I can go first because I have a more limited knowledge so like I can pick my my top three pretty quickly yeah, it's funny. There was like two that popped into my head like right away. And then the third place like was a little bit of a battle. I think black tourmaline is an awesome mm-hmm. crystal. It's so good for protecting energy, especially if you're with people on a regular basis. Also really good during times of mercury retrograde and just helping with our technology. I love to set up black tourmaline along my computer and also just like carry it in my little yogi pocket when I'm teaching. It's a way to protect and, and ground my energy. So that one for sure I always have some black tourmaline on hand and always carry a couple extra in case I see an empath that's struggle bussing (laughs) (laughs) have some black tourmaline (laughs) I love that yeah you're like your crystal Uh fairy (laughs) (laughs) yes and really good crystal shops will sell like smaller ones that aren't as pricey Mm -hmm. have that freedom to just like be able to to give them out and not feel like you're losing money anywho also amethyst I love amethyst 
For me, amethyst feels like kind of a catch-all stone. Like it can do everything. Specifically, I love that it's known as the sobering stone because I think no matter where we're at in our journey of life, we could all use moments of like sobering, whether it's like mentally clearing out negative thoughts, finding that sober mind that's detached of like toxicity that comes through just thoughts or mm-hmm. physical toxicity. <laughs> so and we're all addicted to something too. Yes. So like we're all struggling to find whether it be substances yes. or technology or other people. <laughs> we're, we're sobering ourselves up from some addiction. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's such a nice, a nice sentiment. Yeah. That one for a hot minute. I love that. <laughs> So amethyst, I feel like is always good. And then it's also funny too, because I'll, I'll sometimes find amethyst like in my pockets and I'm like, Ooh, this sometimes feels like it's a calling for more balance too. black tourmaline amethyst. And then I think selenite would be a lovely third one. Yeah. So selenite with an S if you need to Google anyone. Um, but it's also a great crystal because it naturally cleanses itself. So like what we were talking about before of needing to cleanse crystals. So like if you're holding them for a long time, or if you've had them set up in a grid, they they do like shape shift a little bit <laughs> as they interact with like our vibration. And so to bring them back into their like solid natural state, they do need a cleansing, except for a selenite. Selenite is the only one that cleanses itself and then can also cleanse other crystals. I always keep a selenite wand with me. Um, me too. <laughs> wave it around myself like a crazy person after teaching a class or doing a Reiki session. Yeah, sometimes it's just startling to like pull out a selenite wand. It's like (laughs) good for like a shock factor if you're like, yep, this cleansing is happening. Take note. (laughs) But yeah, and then also like uh, keeping the selenite with the other crystals I always think is nice just to like keep everybody cleansed on a regular basis. Yeah, I keep my selenite wand I have two actually, because I had a smaller one that's now in my bag that travels with me. And then I got a slightly larger one, not like super large, but it's large enough to like stand up on its own. And it's where I hang my necklace at the end of the night because I like to cleanse my jewelry. Yes, I love that. Because I've actually, I think I got the idea because I'd seen something somewhere that was like using like selenite as a jewelry holder to like cleanse rings specifically. And I was like, oh, I always feel and I feel like this is I've heard that this is my Aquarius rising thing but like when I wear any sort of jewelry I always feel like it gets heavier as the day goes on and like by the time mm. I get home I'm just like ah oh, get this weight off of my neck um, <laughs> yeah so cleansing it with the selenite wand is is really key yeah those are good choices I like it and I also like that there were crystals that I had in mind for like similar reasons but different crystals we were both on the same page of like what would what should be good I think that instead of amethyst for a catch-all I always think of just clear quartz as a catch-all crystal Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I know that for listeners any quartz crystal which includes clear quartz amethyst citrine and like several others that usually have quartz after the name they can be programmed with your intentions and so I always think of clear quartz as like just a blank slate that you can then program with what it is that you need sidebar my own little advice on the crystals is to program the crystal you just kind of sit and meditate and hold the crystal and infuse it with whatever it is that you want to visualize for your future, which is probably somewhat similar to what you do when you're setting your intention for your grids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the other one, I, I would be on the fence between an amethyst for third eye and rose quartz for like that warm, mm-hmm. love feeling. But because I have 
an altar currently set up for Venus and I'm having this very ethereal love energy infusing into my life as well as some abundance. I think I'm probably going to go with rose quartz at the, at the moment because I think we all could use just a little dose of, I just think of rose quartz as like a little hug. <laughs> Yes, totally. <laughs> like for your energy, specifically good. I've used it the most. I actually don't have a lot of rose quartz at the moment, but I've used it the most in times when I'm going through a breakup or if I'm having just a lot of relationship things that I'm healing or soothing. And I've been <laughs> feeling for or self love too. Like rose quartz mm-hmm. is great for self love, and so. I went through a major breakup right around the time I started playing around with crystals. And I remember I got rose quartz bullet necklace and had it for probably maybe like a year. And then around the time I was like evening things out and like getting out of the energy of the breakup and like moving into like this new era, it broke. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, didn't need that anymore. So I think my number two would probably be rose quartz for those people that are like looking for something to just grab onto. And then, hmm, I'm torn. I do agree with your black tourmaline. I would probably, I don't want to say up the ante because it's not like it's better or worse. But like for me, my experience with black obsidian has been that much more powerful for the same purposes. So black obsidian is really good for protecting your energy, releasing negative vibes, pulling negative stuff from your past and like cleansing that. And I know that I honestly, like anytime someone talks to me about crystals, I talk about my experience with a large chunk of black black obsidian (laughs) that I have. And it was shipped to me from another country. And when I picked it up at the post office, I put it in my bike basket in the box. And I immediately, as I was biking home, started feeling my throat chakra turning things over and like getting ready to release stuff. So like I hadn't even opened the box yet and it was already going to work on my energy. (laughs) And I I also think that's a good point. Yeah. And I think that's also a good point that like sometimes you can learn like sort of the categories of crystals and then figure out which one works best for you. I feel like black obsidian is my go-to protective crystal but like in a pinch I'll do tourmaline I'll do smoky quartz but that's the one that really resonates with my energy or at least at this current time and anything dark too I think that that's like a nice way exactly like you said once you start kind of figuring out like the categories then how it feels good to you Mm -hmm. and yeah that's so true so just knowing like if I'm looking to protect my energy or find some grounding like finding those darker shades of crystals or those deeper darker ones are gonna are gonna do that a great point yay I also like have this sitting out and I'm like I don't I hate to neglect citrine but you know it's fine yes Yes. And too, I think it, yeah, with the chakras too, for, for people who are newer to, to crystals, if you're familiar with the chakra system, or even if you're not, there's seven that we usually talk about all correlating to, to colors. So finding that if there is that, that imbalance that you're feeling in one chakra, that you don't have to know a lot about crystals to be able to harness their power to help balance your energy centers. So correlating chakra colors with crystal colors you're, you're going to be able to easily slide in and, and use some of the crystals to balance the energy centers. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, then it also comes back to the original story of sometimes you just go to a crystal shop and you say, this one's pretty, I like it. And then you mm-hmm. look it up later and it reminds me of, it almost reminds me of tarot card. You pull a tarot card, like uh, granted you don't do it because you're like, this one's pretty because you're looking at the back of it, <laughs> but you pull a tarot card and then you look it up and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so dead on. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the same thing for crystals. Like you pull the crystal that you feel called to, and then exactly, it and it's and it's telling you. Sometimes it tells you stuff that you know you're working on, and sometimes it tells you stuff that you're like, oh, like at first you're like, that's not what I need, and then you think about it, and you're like, oh, that is what I need, and I probably need that more than the thing that I thought that I needed. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I was actually just thinking about a distance session that you and I did in the session you had recommended Amber. And I was like, Amber? I'm into Amber. And then when I, I was like, you know what, though? Sometimes you just need a third party to like come in and read your energy. And so I went to a, a crystal shop. And when he showed me the Amber, I was like, I would never pick this out for myself. I'm, I'm sorry, Amber. It's just not pretty. <laughs> To me, it wasn't. Um, I was surprised also by the weight of it. It was just so light. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking like, man, they're like, I usually go for the ones that feel a little more dense or have like an interesting shape and like are sparkly and pretty. So it wouldn't have been my first choice. And I bought it anyway. And that crystal like took me on a little adventure. (laughs) It was so funny. I carried it with me. So I meditated with it. Um, I carried it with me for probably like a week or two. And within the reading, there was some ancestral like cleansing that we were talking about. And as I looked up more metaphysical properties for it, I did find that it was good for not only healing like past issues with whether it was like past lives or ancestral like trauma and things. It was also good for like digestive issues. And it, it was something with blood as well, like healing blood. What was really interesting about this experience was that I felt as though it helped prompt me to do different types of researching. Like once it was talking about like blood, then I was thinking about some of the stuff that I was talking with my acupuncturist at the time and then started to like connect some things between what was happening to me physically and then what was happening to me spiritually. And it happened through like the research that I did with this crystal and through the time Mm -hmm. that I was carrying it with me. So it was just this strong realization too of knowing that it's not like we hold the crystal and then suddenly this like snap magic happens and like we're healed. It's as though it, it shifts our vibration to take us into the space to find out how to heal and connects us to the people that can help us with the healing. And so it's it's this like shift of vibration that, that helps almost just take us in a new direction. And that's when I was really like, wow, <laughs> these crystals are <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And case in point, in regards to choosing things intuitively, it's so funny because since I don't have a vast knowledge of crystals, whenever I have crystals come through in a session, I don't really know what they're for. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm like going into a Rolodex in my brain and being like, okay, this person's dealing with these issues and this is what they need. Yes. I'm literally just seeing the image of a crystal and being like, all right, Jurassic Park mosquito stone. Let's go ahead and tell her to go get some amber. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) And also why I trusted it so much because I was like, that was a completely intuitive hit. (laughs) So I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm in for this Uh, my ugly stone. (laughs) Yeah. Sidebar, Amber is also really good for pain relief when you keep it near your skin. And it's it's used a lot of, I mean, in holistic realms, it's used in necklaces and bracelets and things for babies that are teething. 
Yeah. So I actually, the only experience I'd had with Amber other than Jurassic Park prior to that (laughs) reading was that I knew it was good for a baby teething. And then I'd I'd bought one for my little niece whenever she was going through that. Um, Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. It did bring up a little bit of like a sidebar with my, my, my sister's rightly so very protective mother. And so she does a lot of research about like what's going to be safe. And like, obviously she was like, I'm just worried that she's going to like strangle herself if she wears it in her sleep and so like she would like wrap it around her ankle instead so that it wouldn't like have any of those problems but that's like a good little like sidebar that you can utilize these in other ways as well Mm -hmm. and that's the thing too and you uh, the properties can be so vast between like physical emotional spiritual <laughs> so yeah I think that's the other piece of it too is to research into like sources that feel good for you and connect for you and then also doing like you always say your own like experiment within your body like what feels best for me and and when I have this crystal or this stone how does it feel in my body? I think those are those are important points. You are always your best laboratory. Forget what everybody else says. If it works for you, if it feels good, that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. If people want to know more about how to find your services or even come to you for crystal advice, where can they find you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at yogi underscore cake, like the food, Y-O-G-I underscore C-A-K-E. And you can also book sessions with me either in person or from a distance on yogicake.com. And do you sell the little painting grids that you make? Because I would You know, (laughs) (laughs) I could definitely sell them. They're quite beautiful. Um, Guys, if you want to to purchase some of these cloth cloth grids that she creates, please let her know by her DMs and Instagram so that we can all encourage her to sell these things. Um, Slide into my DMs. I'll commission you something. Exactly. (laughs) Because as a novice with the crystal grids, I would love to just have someone be like, here's your grid and this is how you use it and these are the crystals that you need and then I just set that up and then we're good. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And I have seen the grids and they are beautiful. So it's, it's a very cute little piece to add to your home so i hope that you all enjoy your own journey with crystals and again your intuition is key you are your best laboratory once again this podcast is brought to you by the support of my patreon members if you would like to join in and get free readings in exchange for your patronage and your support head over to patreon.com backslash michelle shea And if you want to contact me, you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Shea, S-H-E-A, like Shea Butter, and over at my website, www.michellesheawalker.com. And also thanks to the support of my audio engineer, Ian Dowdy, over at veganSuperpowersPodcast.com. Without his support, these episodes would not sound nearly clean and clear and musically infused as they do. 